on this episode of Quantum Week, August 11th through 17th, 2019. Welcome to Quantum Week. I'm Matt. I'm Chris. Quantum Week is a show in which Chris and I leap into a random week of a random year. We talk about the movies and music and headlines and uh, our stories of that week. And we are in uh, mid-August 2019 with uh, Once Upon a Time at Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Bad Guy by Billie Eilish. And this is our most recent episode, most current episode, most closest to now episode. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're off next week. We'll have a Patreon show. But we will not be taken. Okay, well, uh, you know, I guess you get a. Just get right into it then. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> did you want to prelude before that or uh, something? I'm Chris. We're taking next week off. We are. We're taking next week. It's my fault. Going, going, going away uh, for a couple of days. So I, I will. Um, didn't have time to do it. No, I'm not gonna have time to do it. Unfortunately, but we'll have a pat- we'll have a patron show. So great, more, best time ever to be a patron. Right. Now. I think so because you have all those episodes in the backlog. Yeah, and you um, don't miss a beat. And, yeah, uh, get a new one. Right. And then uh, you'll be getting, we have the one, uh, tomorrow, you're here tomorrow, uh, which is, uh, what's it, Good Boys? Is that? Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, <laughs> what's the one we're doing after? <laughs> yeah, scary Stories, motherfucker. That's right. Scary Stories. Are you with me tonight or no, not? I don't know. Jesus sudden, Christ. Yeah. I try to like have like you know you know red light comes on get some energy. I feel like the red light come on. It's got like it's got the best high. You're like, <laughs> you're like just, uh, hey, you know what? It's quite a week. <laughs> <laughs> is it all right uh well i mean i'm here um so mm. so yes right so we'll have a an episode tomorrow and then we'll have an episode next sunday but no uh free show next saturday because right. you know chris has better things to do so that's uh, not well <laughs> sure, that's, that's fine no it's fine uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, yeah, yeah. um yeah all right that's that's all just wanted to tell people that's that, all you want to talk about that's it yeah <laughs> We're already getting get the movie. Do you have anything you want to talk about? Nope. All right. It uh, sounds strange. We, so Chris and I just spent like the last hour and a half talking, so it's not strange, uh, but it feels strange right now. I'm just tired of talking And to it's you. you. All right. Uh, uh, so yeah, let's get into Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yep. Um, third favorite Quentin Tarantino movie. Uh, a, a movie. Um, actually, I really liked the film the first time I saw it, but loved it this time. I really, really, really loved it. That's the absolute right take. Nice job, man. Okay. Um, yeah, this is a, this, I love this movie the first time I saw it, like amazingly so to the point of like, eh, I probably need to watch this again to kind of keep it in my yeah, legendary yeah, status. Yeah. Jumped it up. I had it in my thirties all time. It's now number 20. I had, it actually knocked Boogie Nights off of the 20th spot. For yeah. Me, like all time movies. Yep. Um, it's my third favorite Tarantino uh, behind Pulp Fiction and Jackie Brown. Yep. And then this, and then there's a, there's a, before I had like this and Inglorious Bastards, I had this third always, but I had Inglorious Bastards like kind of in the this no now it's tears like, yeah it's these three there's a drop off and then Django then and you have Inglorious for me it goes Inglorious then Django right um and uh, probably and, Reservoir Dogs under that yeah and then it's like Kill Bill and, and then, then another drop off right. right and then you have like right the yep. Kill Bill yeah and then you have kind of the mess at the end uh, Kill Bill's not a mess but that's no certainly the, of his very good films that's the the bottom yes um. But yeah, this is absolutely amazing. I um, it, it was rewatching it. So I saw this first time. Now I just was just completely fell in love with it. It's the, it might be the best movie of the last decade of the teens. Um, I'm certainly willing to have that conversation. It's that good, and hmm. um, I I loved it. And but the movie felt like 
it felt long to me. I think because I was like soaking in every scene. I actually thought it was longer than it was. I was pleasantly surprised. It was only like two and a half hours this time, and didn't it no. did not drag at all. I'm like, because you know what happens? So I'm watching it again. I'm like, oh my god! Like I love this scene. Yes. Then it's the next scene. Oh my god! I love this scene. Exactly. Like every single scene is a home run, and there's some like. There's a couple like is with some really weird or maybe miscasting, but it's almost charming in a way because it's so terribly miscast. Like uh, Steve McQueen, yes, um, is so uh, horribly miscast. Oh, the guy from, uh, well, I, I, yeah, Billions, right? And, but um, I was um, Band of Brothers is how I like. Oh yeah, uh, how, I, how I think of him, he's very good. Why don't I know that guy's name? Uh, I'm gonna tell you right now. I really, am, uh, I really am asleep at the wheel here, aren't I? Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all right. Um, it's uh, uh, Damian Lewis. Thank you. And, and he's then, a very good actor, but it's a weird role for him. Yeah, like yeah, he's it's he's not Steve McQueen. He's also no. like much older than <laughs> yes, Steve McQueen was. It's just bizarre casting. Um, and then uh, the other one is the one from Girls. Uh, uh, I never watched that show, so oh, come on, I don't what's your know. Name? You're supposed to be the one who remembers these people. I'm fucking, I don't know. You're the one who fucking watched Girls every fucking weekday. I did not watch it every weekend. I saw, I saw maybe f- know, six episodes of it. I really, I, I'm like, oh, I kind of like the pilot, and then I really hated it. Um. Oh my God! What, everyone, Isn't, everyone is screaming at their their. Uh, who's right, she rightfully so. Rena Dunham, thank you. Oh, okay, right, right, um, right. And uh, a lot of help, Matt is. I'm having, I'm ha- obviously, I having a rough day. Girls. Matt, Matt, can, Matt oh, doesn't have it all. You're gonna put this on me? Yeah, no, no. You are having a tough night. Oh, my brain is working so fast. This last week, I can. I just, it's sped up a fucking gear. You are slow tonight, my all friend. Right, well, you couldn't think of Rena Dunham or I never Damian even Lewis. Girls, Damian Lewis. Well, he. I mean, he's right, I know, but I'm just saying, like, I, you know, I do, do 200 of these episodes, and I'm. I'm no, I have to carry the weight 199 times. <laughs> One time you have to carry the weight and you fucking drop the ball. No surprise. Um, but uh, yeah, Some so, miscasting, but besides but, but, that. But they're so bizarrely miscasting. Like I said, it's almost charming in a way. It and it's almost become a Tarantino thing where like Julia Sweeney in Pulp Fiction sure. or uh, uh, who, uh, who else is like really, you know, there's a few instances where people are just like really what? terribly cast yes. and you're like kind of confused by it. But I said, it's, it's almost fun in a way. Yep. The one that chopped off Trump's uh, Trump's head in um, oh Kathy Griffin. Kathy Griffin. She, she oh, was she's in, in Pulp Fiction. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah, this this which was a weird. That was a weird. It's weird. Julia Sweeney in Pulp Fiction is very strange. Yeah, making out with Harvey Keitel. Yes, again. It's yes, very bizarre. Yes, yes. Uh, but like I said, it's almost become like Sarah. That's almost like a Tarantino twi- trade as much as like the feet are. Um, but the rest of this movie though is obviously so brilliantly cast. And to every single scene has so much meaning about whether it be celebrity or fame or just simply like life being on the upswing or being on the downswing of yep. whatever you're doing. Um, uh, the movie just like tackles like a midlife crisis or just midlife in general Yes, or what it means just to be on the upside or downside of something um, is, is amazing. And then um, under the scope of it, you have, Maybe the best production design I've ever seen in a movie. It's beautiful. I don't know. I want to go to L.A. and. Uh, but yeah, but not L.A. now. You want to go to no, 1969 L.A. That's, that's exactly right. Like he made this like anyone watches the movie like wants the movie that. Yeah, so it's so, it seems so fun. It seems so amazing. vibrant. So much life. Have and, you been? Have you ever been to L.A.? No. I've been to L.A. And uh, and I actually I stayed in Hollywood a few times. And it's cool because you're used to seeing. I mean, you've seen yeah. it a, a number a number of times. So it's it's cool. It's got has a little bit of um, nostalgia to it because like I said, it's seen it in a bunch of movies, but it's nowhere not like it doesn't, doesn't look like this. Everybody just wants to have a good time in LA 1969 or it seems that way. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, so Tarantino was a little boy in 1969 sure. and um, he's kind of doing a lot of this by memory. And obviously it's like a nostalgia infused memory. So obviously he's making it look much nicer, much, of course it's, it's beautifully done. It's movies called once upon a time in Hollywood. It's, it's, it's a it's, fairy tale. It's yes. shown that way. Right. Um, but 
whatever it, the world he's created is so beautiful. It's awesome. And so, like I said, so fun and so amazing. Like it really pulls you in. It does. Uh, it does. It, and you know, it's so cool because like, whether it be, and also, I mean, I, I have so much to say about this movie, but like the, the sound, this is maybe the best soundtrack ever. Um, it's, it's really good. There's certainly no soundtrack I've listened to more in the last 15 years than this one. And I'm accounting for the lap of time there. Sure. So like in the last two years, I've listened to this more than I have listened to anything else in the last 15. <laughs> I just love this soundtrack. Laura loves this soundtrack. Yeah, like I, we listen to it all the time, especially yep. in the summer. Um, and it's all songs I didn't really know. Right. Um, you know, we're so used to watching the Forrest Gump syndrome where it's all play the same oh. songs over and over again. Uh, that you hear in nine, you know, or the fucking Star Lord there with the oh, Guardians, say, of the Guardians of the Galaxy. It's like the most all these retreads. on the nail fucking retread seventies tunes. Like, oh, I know it's like you know, you're right. It's just just exactly what you'd expect. Um, yeah, so cliche, so very. Cliche. But what Tarantino he does this with the Reservoir Dogs soundtrack, which is amazing as well. Pulp Fiction too. Yep. But he's taking songs that um, there are plenty of songs that were popular that aren't just are. Aren't have been used in yeah, 10, they're not as fucking greatest hits of the decade, fucking right? Album, and because of that, if you're younger, you've never heard it before, exactly. And they, these songs felt really fresh to me, and um, I, I was blown away by how amazing the soundtrack is. So you have this amazing soundtrack. You, the movie looks brilliant. The performances are great, and then underneath all this beauty is this dread, especially the first time you watch it. Oh yeah, of Charles Manson and Sharon Tate. Like you're you're in you're in the moment. You're kind of just waiting for the other. Or the shoot a drop and how is this all going to end? How yes. is this, what's going to happen here? I mean, I know some people when they, by the way, we're going to go into spoilers here, so I'm sure everyone's seen it. Um, but uh, I know some people the first time I saw it were like, oh my God, like is Taren- Tarantino so violent? Is he going to show Sharon Tate get murdered? And I never once thought that was going to happen. I didn't think so either. I'm like, that's too brutal. He's not like a, I mean, yeah, he, hatefully it's a pretty brutal movie, but like, I don't think he'd do that to a real person. Like, no, that, he's not cruel. Why? Yeah, no, 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 no. Um, can you imagine? Because uh, yeah, can you imagine like her family members seeing this or or? Yeah, n- 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 he wouldn't. I don't think he would. I didn't know if the the Manson was going to kill, um, you know, the DiCaprio and Kate sure. characters because like, you know they might be fucked. But right. I didn't know kind of. I didn't know how it was going to end. But but the whole time, and then like, there is no better use of a song in a movie than "Out of Time," Rolling Stones, <laughs> yes. um, when they're in the airport, which has so many great things. So "Out of Time" because DiCaprio is. From, a, you know, he's really a man that belongs in the 50s. Yep. He doesn't belong in 1969. Nine. Like, right. he, his best days are behind him. Out of time also could mean because um, his career is over. He said, hey, I'm going to... And, I'm going to sell my house even. I'm going right. to move to a condo. Right. Which kind said, of which, saying... Which he said he doesn't really want to do. Right. And, like, him and his relationship with Brad Pitt's character, Cliff Booth, like, that... That's ending, that, too. That's out of time. Right. Out of time could also mean... The end of their life. Like yes. we know as an audience member, like we know the Manson family is creeping down, you know, we know what that means, August 69. We know what these things mean. We it's do. like, oh shit, like this is this is gonna fucking happen. Are they out of time, meaning they're gonna die? And then it goes to sh- after in the airport, which by the way, he walks by the same mural that is in Jackie Brown. That's Jackie Brown, yep. Uh, so great. It is. And then um, you know, it cuts to uh Sharon Tate, and they're all kind of hanging out out of time is playing there too. So like Tarantino knows what he's doing, but like think about how amazing it is. You have one song in one scene that has potentially like three or four different meanings to it. That is wild. Like what wild subtext. It's a rare breed of people who will think things through to, to the detail. minute detail yes. like Quentin Tarantino does. I mean, he fucking wrote the novel first. Yeah. By the way, I read this book. Oh, oh did I, you read I it? shouldn't say that. I read maybe 40 pages of it. Not good? It was awful. Yeah. Like, I don't like his writing style. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a taste thing. I'm sure like I love Quentin Tarantino's scripts. But I just felt that the book was just 
I just did not like. But how- still, like to think about the backstory of all oh these my characters God, in I know. such detail that you can write a fucking novel about it, it is crazy. And it, it makes the movie so much better because all these characters feel so layered and lived in. They do. Um, you feel like these people. Like I really believe that um, DiCaprio's character had been on Bounty Law. Yes. And had had this career and had. Like you, I felt like I really, by the end of the movie, I feel like I knew this guy. Quentin wrote like four episodes of Bounty Law. Yes. Just to like, like the get a feeling right. of the character. Right. That's amazing. <laughs> the show that like, <laughs> I guess they talked about maybe making it into production, which I, I wish you wouldn't waste his time no, no, with. No, but don't like, do it. But the idea, right. The idea that he wrote four episodes of a show, it will never in theory happen. Yes. Just you, to give us the backstory of this fucking character right. is amazing. Um, Like the detail is, is unparalleled and, um, and it shows. And if you love movies and you love, kind of what he does as far as having all those layers and depth and really it makes you think. And then also it's, it makes your eyes think because the visuals are, he's become such a great visual director. When you think about like Reservoir Dogs, just kind of a gritty raw movie. It's not, I always say it's not particularly well directed. It's a brilliant script, great performances. Sure. But like some of the shot, like there's not a lot, like, you can tell it's like either ripping off older movies, which I mean, I know he's kind of done his whole, but like, it's really obvious. Like, it's not, yeah. it's, he's some, it's his first movie. It's great. It's one of my, it's, it's an amazing film. It's A minus movie. Yep. I love Reservoir Dogs. It's yep. a great movie. That's your first movie. It's incredible. Right. Um, but like, I don't, but to watch what the guy does in Reservoir Dogs, even in Pulp Fiction. Yeah, you even said that the directing is not his best in Pulp Fiction, yeah, which I agree. Like, there's, well, there's some continuity issues. Yeah. And then it's just, I mean, he also is like more limited budget and, um, and there's some things that he does amazing. I mean, don't get me wrong. You can, there's a huge leap between Pulp Fiction Tarantino and Reservoir Dogs Tarantino. There is. But there's a huge leap from Pulp Fiction that to Jackie to Brown. Oh, to Jackie Brown and then to this. Right, exactly. Like, you know, even Kill Bill, while Kill Bill is the weakest script of his great movies um, or even good movies, um, visually it's amazing. Oh, like, it's he beautiful. made a huge jump there. Yes, yeah. Um, I, I, so now, like, I mean, think about all this stuff. That he, so now, not only does he have some of the best scripts ever in any movie, like, you know, when you go to a Quentin Tarantino movie, it's going to have an amazing script. Uh, and it always has for him. He's always been a great writer. Yes. Now you're getting maybe one of the best directors. Like, yes. Just from a strictly like cinematography and production design and all that stuff. So he really can, there's nothing he can do at this And point. he gets amazing uh, performances out of his actors. Right. And he works with amazing actors because right. they, I mean, they all want to because they know how talented he is. And he, they're willing to do stuff that they wouldn't necessarily do. Like there's no way Brad Pitt in any other, any other director would beat the shit out of like women like that on screen. Probably not. And it's such a risky move. Super it's a risky. really risky move for, you know, DiCaprio to play a, a slave owner. Yes. A slave trader, like the yes. most despicable person you can find. Like, and he does it with gusto. Like, yes. Like, to, you know, what he's asking these guys to do is some pretty dangerous out of your comfort zone stuff. And they just trust in him and, and, um, it works. It's, it, it, he, the only shame with him, the only ne- negativity or drawback I have is he just doesn't do more stuff. But I no. understand why it takes a while. It, you can't, if you're going to put this much work and detail and everything into it, it's going to take time. It's not going to take, you can't do it every year. No, we don't have a lot left though. Probably. It doesn't sound like it. It sounds like he's very, he's, um, he's obviously, I mean, God, he, but he's forgotten last month about film is more than I'll ever know. Um, but, uh, he has said, he's like, I'm not a big fan of older directors. I think they really lose their fastball. I disagree with that to some extent. Well, you got score up there, but it's pretty rare. You have Scorsese. You have some, like some can pull it off. And sometimes I think too, when you're older, you provide different stories. That's true. You can do different um, stuff. But like, I get what he's saying. He's like, I'd rather make one, two, you know, one, two few than one, two men. Like you don't want to have like that one last one. Well, it takes a lot of energy to put as much 
effort right. into into this film. Like if you're gonna you're gonna go through all those steps, if it's gonna take you years to write a script, and then you're gonna do a novel on it, and then you're gonna write if, to right. do all those things. So much energy. That's a younger man's energy. That's and you hard can, to do. And you can get caught chasing the dragon a little bit too. You like, can. Okay, so let's say you make a stinker. Yes. So now it's like, all right, I gotta. I can't end on that note. I'm in my sixties now. Right. Do I make another one? Right. So then, you, like, right. Then what if you make two bad ones? Like you, you know, you get caught. And now yeah, you're fucked. I mean, nah, you don't want to do that. You know, and tarnish like, his legacy. To his, to his point, like Hitchcock didn't, you know, end on the best footing. Like, you know, a lot of these guys don't end on the best footing. And you're mm. like, eh, maybe, you know, they did. To Tarantino's point, more often than not, he's absolutely right. They hung on for like two or three too many films. So I completely agree with his take. And that's, and I just think the amount of work he puts in, you have to have so much passion for it. And you do. the older you get, the less you have passion for stuff. Like, no matter what it is. Like, yeah, he's got a kid. Like, he's got a kid and a wife now. His whole right. life changed. Yes. Um, so, I mean, I totally get, you know, obviously whatever, whatever, whatever movie he gives us is a gift. I mean, it's a true gift. He, there's, uh, I'm so thankful he makes movies at all. I mean, I, 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 there's no one I, re- I no one's, work i love more i think than his probably that's yeah i, I think you're right um, i think that's it and and this movie i'm very the thing i'm just bummed out about is he never got you know he's never gotten a best picture um and maybe he'll never get one he's won he's won a few screenwriting award you know oscars um but he's never won a best picture it's bullshit this year the only one that should that you may have you may be able to so what won was parasite right which is a very good movie it is a very good movie but it's not this the only movie that of of and it's, it's this is stacked year. Yeah, well, actually, was stacked. This this is the last great movie year. This is yes, and it might be the might be the last great movie year. Like you, the one, could the be. last great could one be. for a long time. Yeah, it could be. The only movie that you could that's on this list, and it's okay. So, Parasite, Ford vs Ferrari, good movie. Which is okay. Which is okay. I liked it. It's okay. Uh, the Irishman, good movie. You very, like it better the, than the I do. Great. Jojo, uh, Jojo Rabbit, very good movie. Very good movie. Joker, I didn't like it as much as you. I liked you it liked a lot. it a lot. Little very Women, good. never saw it. Good. Marriage Story, you liked it. I haven't seen it yet. I, I would say good and very good. 1917, though, is the only right. one that I think you have an argument with and uh, who should have won that year. See, I like the, I know I'm alone in Ireland here. Irishman's better than um, 1917 for me. It's, it's right there. 1917 is amazing. It is an amazing the, film. The, maybe the best military movie ever made. Yes. Uh, I really love the Irishman. Um, and then, um, but this to me is, is, is I, above them. And, and th- those are, any other year, honestly, the, oh, like, any other year over the last like. Yeah, if Parasite won a different year, I'd be like okay with it. 12 Years a Slave. Yeah, that, that is a, like a, an amazing film. But like, we're so, oh, if we had, if I had to make a list of like the five best films of the last decade, like three, four of them would be like could be on there. You could, could argue on there from, from this from this yeah. list, right? Just right off, like those movies are all amazing. This year was so it was stacked. stacked. It was such a great movie. But year. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood should have won. That, that, that's once Upon a Time in Hollywood is such a great movie. Yeah. Like, and it had no chance of winning. I mean, I remember the Oscars that year, 1917 was getting a lot of heat. I thought that I actually thought that was going to win. I was kind of surprised Parasite won. I think a lot of people were. Yeah. Best but uh, once upon a time in Hollywood, it came out too early. Remember it came out in this, obviously we're in August, but it actually came out like in July. So like it had come out way too soon. It already kind of peaked. Um, yeah. And, and that, and that was that, um, you know, it never really had a real, it had a little bit of like a little bump at the end. I'm like, Oh, maybe it's starting to get a little heat right before. Yes. But it wasn't enough. Like it's too know, bad. Um, by that point, like, bullshit 1917 he's finished. never won a best pick. that's bullshit never no but fucking Pulp fiction i uh, was nominated yep um Django was nominated right i don't remember uh and um bastards might have been nominated i think he might have had four nominated but the, the other ones the only one that really had a shot like a real shot was was uh pulp fiction yeah but that didn't have a shot like parscom was gonna win like like i would say it was like you know 65 25 and then the, everything else was like whatever yeah 10 
Yeah. Like percent chance of winning. Like it didn't have, it would have been a dark horse. Yeah. I mean, uh, Parasite was a dark horse that once. So, I mean, you know, it was a good film. I just didn't. Parasite I, was very good. I think that's the, f- my fourth favorite of those, of those. I would put that fourth. I would put uh, Jojo Rabbit above that, and I would put uh, 1917. And Jojo Rabbit's really good. It's a really good movie. I know you didn't like sort of some of the Hitler part. Like, you thought it was a little bit too no, goofy. Way too broad. I liked it. I was fine. No, yeah, but surprised. a very good movie. Not surprised. Thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it's a very good movie. Some, some really, really interesting performances and a really interesting story. But this should have won. I mean, this is a complete movie. You have I mean, so beautiful cinematography. I mean, there's a lot of complete movies in that. That list, that list is okay, amazing. Okay, 1917. Yeah. Any of those, almost, I would say... With the exception, I, and I like Little Women. That was actually a pretty good movie. Um, I didn't see it. So with the exception of Little Women and maybe Four and Four versus Ferrari, like any of those movies, the other like seven on that list, whatever, would have been my pick last year. Like, mm. like the yeah. What well, was that? Was it the father that won? No. Well, um, one, one, one. Oh, no. It was um no Madeline. Oh, that's um, right. So okay, yeah. The father was a borderline great movie. Yes. And Sound of Metal is a borderline great. Oh movie. yeah, that. So those, those movies might be great. I, I have no problem saying those are both uh, great. The Sound movies. of Metal does not. It, I really like that film yeah. a lot. That doesn't stack up against that. Uh, to me, like Sound of Metal is like just like right there with like Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. Like, both, oh yeah. Like, and yes. Jojo Rabbit is probably a great movie. Like I'm probably selling out a little short. Like those are like like right yeah. there. Like I'm yep. like that ballpark. Yeah. But like Jojo Rabbit for me is like the third or like the fourth best movie of that list. <laughs> yes. Like and it's like a distant fourth. Yeah. For me because I really love Irishman 1917 and this like this that 2019 I really hope people I hope and I, I'm afraid it will for all the wrong reasons I guess but I really think 2019 will go down in history is like one of those years like 1999 yep. 94 right. um, like one of those like amazing like holy shit can you believe this actually happened years in film because like all the stars just align and then look what happened in the bottom off I mean bottom is falling out of everything. I Gone. mean, you know, just looking at this week, I'm like, Jesus, this week was, you know, two and a half years ago. It might as well have been six years ago. That's what it feels like. Cause right. You, you had, everything was still open and, and, uh, and you know, so we didn't have any of the COVID stuff. No. And so now we, we were always seeing, we were already seeing sort of the demise of these type of films because think about like no Marvel, like all of these like really artistic fun. Yeah. Jojo takes chances. Yeah. Fucking, uh, this takes chances. Um, the joke Joker takes takes chances. It does. You, we don't see that a lot anymore in, in the theater. Not and you right had now. And now it's all Marvel. And you had him for a while. Like we so, did. the year before that was a, was a dreadful year for film. I think it was the Star is Born year, which actually yeah. I think is, that didn't win, but that was how I remember because yeah, yeah. I think that's my probably the best film from that year. And that's not a movie I particularly love. I put that maybe like a notch below like Jojo Rabbit and Sound of Metal and The Father. Like it might it's right around there. But like that was like. That was like, and then the year before that, I think was Shape of Water, the year that won, and that's not a particularly great film. It's okay. Nightmare Alley, by the way, is good. Check that out. Yeah, you check that yeah, out. You said um, that before the show, and I, I, um, I will. I don't like uh, Del Toro very much. He's he's disappointed me too many yeah, times. Yeah, I think Nightmare Alley is definitely worth even the watch. Pan's Labyrinth. I'm just kind of like, eh. Surprise, I saw it. I was I'm like, surprised. Nah, it seems like right up your alley. All that nonsense. All that nonsense. No, that, there's way too much nonsense. Mm. That's the problem. Um, um, doesn't make any sense. But Nightmare but, Alley, though, is, is the reason I bring that up though too is like that is a movie that belongs in 1998 whatever like right it's, it takes it's a yeah. little bit but like yeah. like how like it's it's just it, it's made for grown-ups you know costs you know say mid-level budget yeah um and it has like a great cast interesting script unique script really unique story yeah and like oh this is this is this is an interesting night out and a lot of those movies on that 2019 list feel like that really unique like right four verse Ferrari. I don't, I don't love it. It's good. I think it's very good. It's a really like interesting story. It it's is. like, it's a biopic. Yeah. But it, it doesn't do the biopic stuff. It, like it takes a really s- small amount of time. So it's actually, in, I think pretty interesting. It doesn't feel super rushed. And then like Jojo rabbit is wildly unique. It is once upon a time. Hollywood wildly unique. Like so is parasite parasite. Like all these movies, like really unique. And they all 
I know they, they all felt like they belonged in like 1999. Good writing just presented itself right there. You know, yeah, all, all kind of together. And then I said the bottom really fell out um, for a lot of reasons. It wasn't just COVID. Like, no. Also, like I said, it was a kind so of per- perfect storm. It was. Like, you know, because two or three years before that was shit. Yeah. So it's like, oh, all right, we got, you know, we got, kind of got lucky. We're all kind of aligned again. Maybe it'll all align again in a couple of years. Um, I will Maybe. say, I will say the early movies I've seen this year that were like are in the Oscar chase have been like, okay, to good. But I have yet to see any movie Nothing's that's like, you away. great. Nothing that's even close to Sound of Metal. No, close. Nothing that's up to the same level of the Sound of Metal or the Father that I've seen so far. I haven't seen the Licorice Pizza yet, though. But nothing that's... I'm not feeling good about it. Um, I want to get back to Bounty Law, though. <laughs> I love the Bounty Law scene so much. And I love the dichotomy. Well, it's not Bounty Law. It's the Lancer scene, you mean? Um, no, isn't he with... Isn't he... Oh, the Lancer scene. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, right. I love those scenes. I love seeing him. I, I love seeing confident Rick, who is... Then, it, you know, in the black and white, and he's on a horse, and he, oh, that's he looks Bounty like- Law, then. Yeah, Bounty Law. Okay, so I thought you meant, like, Lancer. Lancer is a scene the longer ones we see. No, 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 I love met. seeing him as Bounty oh, Law. okay. And then even doing the, the interview afterwards with Bounty <laughs> Law, when, when Brad Pitt's, like, a little bit further behind him, so he doesn't look so much bigger than right. Leonardo DiCaprio. I love those scenes. He's confident Rick, and then you see him afterwards, and he's just pulling his hair out. He's so freaky. Like, he's, he's so insecure. Yeah. So upset with himself. I love seeing that dichotomy between the two of them. I love seeing. I think DiCaprio is great here. I, he's I, so good. I know a lot of people are like, "Well, Pitt's amazing and DiCaprio's okay." I, I don't. I, I think they're both great. No, they're both awesome in this movie. Like DiCap- what DiCaprio's doing, like, I love how, like, you know, um, you know, when he's off stage or not on a camera, like, he stutters. He's a mess. Exactly. But then, like, when he's acting, he's he's like I said, he's super even, confident. Even in the Lancer stuff, when he's kind of a beaten down guy, like, he is still a, like a confident actor. Yeah, he forgets his line, and you see, then you see that the cracks in the facade. Yes. Uh, I, I think all that stuff's just just really fun to watch. And how he handles a little girl too is seen yeah. with that. It's so moving. And Mirabelle's such a moving, uh, moving character too. It says that's the best scene I've ever, like, right. best actoring I've, I've ever seen. No, I was that character is so a, cute. A lot of people know is based on Jodie Foster. Yes, of course. Um, and kind of like this like genius kid. Um, and, and I, I love those little winks and nods and 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 just kind of like the interactions they have with kind of the world as we will know it too. Yes. Like, you know, uh, Tarantino is like wise enough to know like, all right, these people know the future. So I'll give them, I'll give them some nods here. You know, we, you know, you know, the Manson people are dangerous without needing necessarily to completely telegraph it. No. Um, like when you go to Spawn Ranch, like your heart is in your throat the first time with Brad Pitt. But yet, if you don't really know the Manson stuff, you might just be like, oh, all right, he's going to this cowboy ranch with this girl. Like, what's the problem? Why, why right. is it scary or dangerous? But right. like, we know it is scary. No, people who, I've seen that too. People have said that Leo did not, well, it was Brad yeah. Pitt's show on this, but I, and I, Brad Pitt's awesome in this, but no, I, there, the other scene too, when he's with Al Pacino, and Al Pacino pulls the chair out for him. And he just like looks, like, kind of looks back, like, what is the fuck is going on to this kid? It's like such a subtle little move that he makes, subtle little little face expression uh, expression when when uh, Al Pacino does that. It's 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 a great moment of acting. I love that scene. I love you know Pacino's manipulating him. You know, like, yes, you know, and and being, being honest with him too, and and some harsh honesty. You know, yes. like you know the reason you're getting these parts is because people want to see you get the shit kicked out of you, and, and uh, you know eventually they're gonna you know they're not a people to kick your ass, and you're gonna be kind of you know left without a job and. Um, Another great directing is uh, move is is that Quentin Tarantino shows Brad Pitt's character um, as reckless. Yes, when he's driving Leo around, he's gentle, right? Blinker on, going slow, drops him off. As soon as he drops him off and drives away in his car, he is shooting down the fucking road yep. like a crazy person. Yeah, just a crazy person. I love the danger. 
and I love the fact that these characters aren't good. Right. Like they, if you say, yeah, in the moment you're definitely rooting for these guys because like everyone loves Brad Pitt, everyone loves Leonardo DiCaprio, and you're just kind of like along for the ride, like the Hollywood ride. It's fun. But like this guy killed his wife. Yes. And like DiCaprio is like kind of shitty like the character is like not a great person no um really self-involved and um, a typical actor i would think i would think so too at that level maybe but kind of like this broken down busted up mess but you see um, a struggle too you do yeah but like but these aren't like great guys no 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 like you know it's not like you know like tom hanks and saving private ryan like these are not like heroes these are like kind of really flawed people. no but cliff i had one on my side yeah. like he is super they're, loyal they're, they're great friends yes i think both of them are great friends with each other and both are honest with each other and they both had like there's a, it's a great show of like male friendship too. Yes. Like which I which can be cliche at times, but here it's like, no, these guys actually managed to make it work. Plus there's like money involved, which makes it challenging. Like it does. these guys make like these guys are like great friends. And, yes. and that's a big reason you kind of root for them too, is the loyalty they had to each other. Yeah. But these guys are both kind of shitty, if not like total scumbags. And um, but yet you still those are our guys though, for 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 you know, and Tarantino's great at that, where he's like, all right, like, you're going to root for Travolta in yep. uh, Pulp Fiction. The other guy's like a, you know, a hitman junkie who's like this a kind of a terrible guy. Yes. Uh, you know, if Reservoir Dogs, those guys are all awful. Like, everyone, like, in these movies are, like, kind of shitty. They really are. But yet you pull for them because he's, he makes it so fun. Like you're just along for this ride with like this, this guy. like it, and that's a, that's a pretty big accomplishment for a director to make you kind of root for. Well, and people are flawed. It's not like yes, uh, they are. It's not like Rick was a. He wasn't necessarily a bad guy. He was just a really flawed guy, yeah. self-absorbed. It's not like right. he was going out of his way. In fact, in fact, he he at the end they both um, do the right thing and kill people who would eventually. And they didn't necessarily know yeah, that. Yeah, but they were saving their own skin. I, don't know I guess so. Yeah, I guess they wouldn't have known that uh, Sharon Tate was in danger at that point. But I guess to us, and that's how we see them. We see them as sort of heroic because they took them but out. But like even Cliff, though, like the, you know the man's family breaks in. He's like, like anyone else in the house? He's like, yeah, there's a woman in the back <laughs> that's, there. That's true. Like, wait, wait a second. Well, dude. he was tripping balls. <laughs> I know, but like still, it's just like, <laughs> but like I love though, even though the guy is like mad tripping and three people who just broke into his house. Like he never, he always knows. Like all right, any point in time, I can just take care of this. Yes. Like he's like the confidence that he has. To, like I mean, this is a guy that also. Maybe went toe to toe with Bruce Lee, depending on what your belief of that whole story is. That was a pretty awesome scene, though. It's a great scene. I it's, fucking love it's it. It's bizarre. It's super bizarre. Um, and you know, there's you know, at first there's a crowd there, and then when the camera pans, there's no crowd there. The way the car just crumpled like that, like yeah. it definitely, you're definitely seeing an unreliable narrator. Like it probably maybe never happened. Like maybe I don't they, know. I think maybe I. I mean, this, that's the cool thing is this movie is you can have different interpretations, right. kind of like Sopranos. But like you can like look at it and be like, eh, like I don't know if that happened. Maybe he just like went, he got in Bruce Lee's face. Like we don't know like what exactly went down. Certainly what we saw happen, that's not what went down. Probably not. I, I can say it like almost equivocally did not. I don't know why. Why can you say it unequivocally? Just because unequivocally, the, unequivocally. Uh, equivocally, yeah, it's not true. It's the unequivocally. Uh, no, you're right. I, I was know. right, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the way the way the car crumbles, the way the crowd vanishes, um, just the way it's the way it's shot, and the, and also just like you're. Tarantino goes out of his way to show this from his perspective. Like, obviously, you know, he's shirtless fixing the antenna. And then even when it, and then it cuts back to him, he's just kind of like, eh, like that's, that's why it <laughs> yes, happened. Yes, you know, yes, that's yes. why I'm not welcome on the set anymore. Right. But like, but he kind of does it with a smirk. Like, Oh, like that's like, I just, he just, it almost seemed like he was feeding us a line of bullshit to some extent. Maybe I don't know. No, I think he was, I think he was saying, Oh, I understand why. No, I mean, he's of, saying it kind of like there was, it's, it's a little uh, twinkle in his eye. Huh. Like, 
I thought yeah. it was a twinkle of eye of understanding, like, oh, it makes sense that I wouldn't no, be able I don't, to I don't, it. I definitely think that, I he, fucked that up. he probably went face-to-face with Bruce Lee. That's my interpretation of it. But like I said, everyone can have their own, and no one's necessarily wrong. Right. Um, but that's kind of how, but but I love that this movie has like so many layers and bridges to it where that we can have this I discussion. I love that scene so much. But a scene that really doesn't matter. So cocky. Right. In his mind, at least. So cocky. Uh, right. Bruce Lee. And uh, yeah, it's, it's so good to get him. See him fucking. And, and, and just how quick Cliff is too when when uh, Lee starts attacking him. Yeah. And you know, he gives him one shot and then comes after him and, and he's blocking all over the place. Right, and right, right. they go, that's so cool. But we do see though, I mean, we do know that Cliff though can handle himself because at the end of the movie, he's not a dream and he does. I mean, no. then again, there's a, you know, two girls and a guy that's, you know, not a fighter. So I'm sure it's a much easier take oh, that's Bruce a, Lee. Right. I mean, but they both have, they all have weapons. So they there's do. a knife and uh, he does get stabbed. He does get stabbed. A, there's yeah. a gun too. <laughs> right. Um, so that does change things a little bit, but you're right. I, the whole time though, you're thinking this guy can handle himself, whether it's because of how he's driving the car. Like he is not phased by anything. Well, even the Spawn Ranch, though. Exactly. I think it's the one time you see him scared. You think he's scared Yeah, there? he's definitely I think he's definitely, he's, I think he's, 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 got a, he's perked up. Yeah, I think he's definitely a little nervous. I mean, like, especially when he's walking back to his car, like, he keeps a steady gait, and he's like, all right, like, but you can tell, he's like, ah, this is not good. Yeah. This is not a good situation. But then um, in, in that situation, though, would you, he definitely, like, he didn't have to take out the guy who popped his Tire. I think he did though. Just to establish dominance yeah. so we can get the fuck out of there. Right. Yeah, maybe. I guess if Tex comes back, it's a different thing. Uh I think he probably pops him in the face too. Oh, he'd have Tex to, but to make gun, Tex but... might have a gun, right? Yeah. It's I think I think scene. he wanted to avoid I think he wanted well, to. Well, he like... saw it. We, we they made right. a point of showing that he recognized that woman took off in a horse. Yes. And so we probably said to him, okay, who's right. who's she going to get? And you get the fuck out of here. Right. Um because he wasn't waiting around. He, no, he, he went, no, he right by the time gone. Yeah, which you gotta do. I love that scene though. A grow. I mean, talk about like Hitchcocking all the yes. suspense. Um, you know, we, I, I always talk about with Pulp Fiction. We see that with Bruce Willis scene. My favorite scene in Pulp Fiction is when uh, Bruce Willis is actually walking to the apartment to go get that watch back. That's right. Because you know that all those guys are after him, and it is a fucking. The first time you see it, your heart is in your throat. You know, like he's climbing over that fence. He's, like he's walking, walking through yards. Like two minutes or something. There's it's no music time. in the background. Right. It's just the, the ambient noise yes. of, of this like kind of shitty apartment complex. Yeah. And um, it's fucking terrible. The first it time is. you see it is fucking terrifying. Yeah. And the first time I saw the Spawn Ranch scene, I was like, oh my God, he's dead. What the fuck is going to Exactly. I, no, no, he's he's dead. dead. He's dead. He's dead. Um, He's it's so fucking. And like, you kept when then he goes and sees George Bond, and I you kept. The only thing was I knew that George. The problem was Burt Reynolds was supposed to be George Bond. That's right. Dies during film, and I knew that. I knew that Bruce Dern filled in for, um, for Burt Reynolds. So I kind of knew that Spawn must be alive. Mm, right. Maybe it could be a flashback thing. But like I still don't know what to expect. And then like like is he dead? Like what are they gonna do to him? Like what is happening? I didn't know. I didn't know enough about the man something where I knew that George Bond was alive but then again this is also like this weird fake history so yeah you, right you can't um you, you can't count on yeah that. i knew that spawn had di- given the ranch but i forgot right. when he died he actually died in like 75 or so like spawn lived a long time as a blind kind of broken guy i don't know it's yeah weird. i you know yeah um, but that you know that entire place was threatening and oh, with so the scary. veneer of you know um margaret Qual- uh quality oh who, yeah who, uh, yeah I just, I root for her all the time anyway because of Maid. Like, she's so good on that. So First time I, I saw her was, her was in this. Yeah, me too. And um, she, I know she like blew up the screen. Like, totally she blew up the screen. Amazing. She is great like, here. I'm like, oh my God, this girl is going to have like a major career. But she's this like, you know, super peppy, um, kind, outgoing, like nice veneer. Right. And which adds to the terror because you're like, oh, what's, 
take that mask off and what the fuck is behind here. Right. And you see that from her too. She goes, you do. She goes a little nuts. Uh, yeah. I mean, the they're all, I mean, you can see it. They're, 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 you know, even though, even though she's being like nice and playful, you can see that there's not, that mask is very thin. Yes. Like, and obviously the, with the understanding of, you know, the Manson family stuff. Is, sure. Is yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Spawn Ranch stuff seems amazing. Another scene I really love is Sharon Tate watching herself. Yeah. Like, you know, a lot of people I know were criticizing Tarantino. Uh, because Margot Robbie didn't have enough lines, even though like that's not really the, the you know, if, if you kind of understand what you're watching here, that's not the idea. Yes. Um, it's it's uh, but seeing this isn't the Sharon Tate story. No, and you're also kind of she's kind of supposed to be a symbol more than a person that's to right. some extent here. Yes. I mean, because that's how we recognize her in 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 life now. I mean, unfortunately, she's become, and that also makes it when she lives to be even more palpable and more. Yes. Oh wow, you kind of see her as you know. You, you then it, you become more wistful for what you we've kind of all lost out on, right? Um, but that scene where she's in the movie theater and just kind of enjoying watching herself on screen—that's great. Like you know, that's right before and so sad too, which obviously, but like you can tell, like right before her, she was really going to become famous and she really was. break out. Yeah, uh, potentially, you know, you're right at the, the brink of that where you're not really no super noticeable yet. Like she was able to walk to take a booth, but then like. You're a couple degrees away from being. You're still on the big fucking screen, right? You're still on a movie poster. So it's almost like the best, probably best position to be in. Where yeah, you're like, you're, unrecognizable, but but yet famous yes, in a way. Yeah. Um. So right. So she she did, you know she's having such a great time. It just seems so full of joy and so happy. Um. And and that that I think Margot Robbie does a great job there. She does. And in the whole movie, she's she does a great job as Sharon Tate, which is a tough role to play because you're kind of playing. Like I said kind of this. Um you're not really being a fully fledged necessarily human. You're kind of being this. You're an icon more than a human. Right. That's right. And it's, that's tough to pull off. A it's Sharon Tate's, you know, obviously, you know, for some dark reasons, but also some positive reasons. Like she's remembered very fondly and, yes. you know, in Hollywood and she's become like an icon, like you said. Um, so to pull that off is challenging. And then to also do with not a ton of lines and also never feels forced with her. You feel like she is, uh, she just embodies just, happiness and that's not the easiest thing to do no it's weird she takes some really shitty roles she takes like the harley quinn role in uh um, oh, margot robbie and yes yeah not right. Sharon Tate. no no of course <laughs> not no no she's gone um but so it's it's almost like a straight i guess maybe there's uh resemblance and she's obviously a very striking beautiful woman so it makes sense but i don't in other stuff that i've seen her in she's not good she's in shitty like like really b or c level marvel movies um, or DC movies, DC right? Movies, DC yeah. movies. She's in the Harley Quinn. Yeah, the Harley Quinn and the... Like, probably, yeah, I need to not good. Pretty big check, though. <sighs> yeah, okay, fine. But that doesn't mean... Like, she's not good, and those aren't good movies. This is, like, one of the only things that I've seen her in that she's well, good Wolf, in a good movie. Wolf of Wall Street, I guess. Oh, yeah, I forgot she was in that. Where it kind of broke yeah, out in. I mean, um, but... Uh, which is a movie I don't really love, but it's certainly... Oh, it's very certainly interesting and, yeah. and, and good. I think she's good in it. Um, but yeah, she's, I mean, she's worked with Scorsese. She's worked with Tarantino, but... Right, she does do like some kind of schlocky she films. Does, yeah. and, um, but she's very good here. I think she's great here. Yeah. I think she's just fantastic. Um, and hopefully she'll work with Tarantino again. Uh, hopefully, I mean, hopefully Tarantino makes this movie. Yeah. I know. Um, yeah, I, I think this movie is just fantastic. Uh, I don't, I don't, I mean, we've only gotten 38 minutes, huh? I, I, uh, <laughs> we don't I, have, there's no set time. I guess it's, oh, I always thought, I'm like, oh, I, I thought we'd talk for, for an hour. Um, I don't, it's hard because like, I love every, I, I love every scene. I don't really have any critiques. I, I, that is the hard part. It's, I know Pulp Fiction, I had, I was, I, I maybe was a little harsh, uh, about, uh, cause I think Pulp Fiction is, 
maybe a better movie than this. This is probably this is probably a better work of art. A Pulp Fiction story is more compelling to me, or stories are more compelling to me. Oh yeah. Also, just the time of life when I saw it too. Um, I still have kind of like you know I just seen Pulp Fiction so many times. Like I just worship that movie. Yeah. To some extent, so, I would call it my favorite movie. Yeah, and that's fine. I mean, Godfather's better, but so is Goodfellas. But that's fine. Mm. You can have that take. I'm not gonna argue with that. Yeah. Um, Pulp Fiction's your favorite movie? You think? I think all so. time. Yeah. I haven't seen um, I haven't seen Goodfellas in forever. Long time. It's really great. So I was hoping we would get to it in the show. I don't want to see it again until we mm. till we do it for the show. It's really great. Hopefully we do. And I've seen The Godfather, and I really do like it. I think it's uh, I think it's a great work of art, but I, it doesn't connect with me like Pulp Fiction does. Mm. This is this is a uh, this is a tremendous film. Like I said, it this is. is you know you talk about I like said the best, and this, this you know this did win two Oscars. It won for best art direction, which if it didn't win for that, it's a problem. Like production design, art direction. Yep. And then it won for uh, Brad Pitt won for best supporting actor, which. I feel like the Academy keeps doing that with Tarantino movies. And I think they're doing it to kind of throw them a bone. Like, Oh, we'll give them like a really like low key major award. Cause you know, Walsh has won twice. Yes. Um, and now Pitt. And it's like, Oh, I, I kind of see what you guys are doing there a little bit. Like <laughs> I feel like they're just kind of backdoor rewarding Tarantino's movies. I think all like, I, I don't know if it's completely intentional. I mean, you have this many people voting on stuff. It's probably not that orchestrated, but it definitely just feels that way a little bit like, Oh, well this way you can't say we gave you nothing. But the same token, it's like you really kind of missed missed the boat here with you him. did miss the boat. Although, and I would have given it some, some huh, no, in a different year, I would have given it, given it cinematog- best cinematography as well. But of course, nineteen seventeen won that, and I, I'm okay with that one. I'm not okay with best picture. I'm not okay with best director, yeah, but fine. I'm okay with that one. That's fine. Yeah. Um, I don't know. The only thing, uh, the only other thing that I really, you sort of touched on it before, but the harpoon scene is like fucking amazing when you have uh, Cliff on the boat yeah. and his wife, and he's annoyed. Like, the wife is just going after him, after him, after him, and all he does is just turn, he's just got the harpoon sort of turned towards her, and then the scene ends. is fucking so awesome. And there's so many layers to that scene, even. Like, so then you have, you know, obviously- the snorkel they're, mask on. They're making a reference to, like, Natalie Wood, right? Yeah, yeah. But then on top of it, like, Rebecca Gayhart plays his wife. Rebecca Gayhart accidentally killed someone in real life. Like, drunk Did she really? Accident. Yeah. So, like- Jesus. There's, like, a lot of, like- layers to stuff and like i know tarantino is more than aware of some of this stuff so of course um yeah you can look that up i'm pretty sure i'm, I'm like 99.9 positive rick gayhart uh uh like like your manslaughter that's uh that's a little your face is giving me doubt here you didn't know no I, I believe you i mean am, am i wrong I'm, about i that? trust I'm you you say sure. i never trust you but i tr- i do trust you sometimes you? yeah on this type of stuff, usually you're, uh, but you're a little slower tonight, so I'm wondering if that's um, true. Maybe, I am. Uh, I, I can't recognize her accent. Second, uh, yeah. Oh, she kill, kill a kid. Even worse. Jesus Christ. Kill the nine year old. When? Um, 29. Oh, this is. Oh, she opened. She talked about it in 2019. Oh. It was a while ago. 2001. 2001. Jesus Christ. Yeah, she struck. Uh, uh, uh killed a boy named Jorge Cruz Jr. Um, well, yeah. So. <laughs> <Okay>. uh, <laughs> I know. So, like I said, there's a lot of like layers. Yes, yeah, so of course he knows that to, to stuff. So, um, I, I think I think all that stuff's like interesting and it lasts for rewatches. I mean, it's you know you because these are so detailed and the characters are so unusual and unique. I feel that it does really allow for these movies to kind of to really be enjoyed. Like I know you said you hadn't seen Jackie Brown in a while. You watched that again. You loved it. Yeah. This movie you said you really loved the second time around more than yes. the first. Um, I think it just allows for that. Right. So you still like it's, Jackie Brown about this? Yes. Wow. It's, the hard part is you always, like there's so much to take in with Tarantino, particularly as he grows as a director, that the first time through, it's hard to 
to get all of it. I think it is for you, not for me. Oh, you're a super smart guy. I guess so. No, I'm saying, but I don't have that same experience. You don't think so? Well, I mean, I love Jackie Brown the first time I saw it. I know, know, and I love this movie. I've been telling this movie for like two years of the show. I was expecting Jackie Brown to be a different movie. That was the problem. Just uh, Pulp Fiction. And then a couple years later, he comes back with Jackie Brown. It's like a fucking slap in the face almost. Mm. It's like a completely different movie. Well, my expectations were different. And I'd seen Reservoir Dogs since since then too. I saw that second after Pulp Fiction. So I see both of those things and and, and you get Jackie Brown. It's like, what the Mm. The fuck is this? Yeah. Uh, and then I didn't, I don't think I'd seen it since then. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I definitely had my kind of come to Jesus moment with uh, um, the Coen brothers uh, Western there. Uh, no country for all men. No country for all Like men. I like that a lot more the second and third right. time I saw it. Than I but did Road to Perdition, I loved the first time I saw it. Me too. Yeah. So, so I mean, but the Harry for some reason I get, I, I get hooked in immediately. Uh, the only one that I would be, I would give a rewatch to that maybe I would kind of fall under camp. Hatefully. Hatefully. Yeah. First time I saw that, I'm like, this is a really dark, negative movie. It and, is. and I was like, and maybe I wasn't in the right mindset for it. I would definitely like rewatch that and give it a second chance because it was beautiful. Yes. And I liked the first, because when I saw it, I saw it um in the theaters and it was, um some they had a, it was a really cool showing of it and they had an intermission and everything in it. Yeah. So yeah. I, first half I was, uh, I was texting my ex-wife. I'm like, oh my God, I really love this movie. Yeah. The second half, I completely lost me on it. But yeah. maybe I just wasn't in the right mindset for it. Yeah. I've talked about my theater experience for that. It was an amazing theater experience. I was in, uh, I think it was probably, I don't know which one has the reclining seats in Portsmouth or Regal or, yep. uh, yeah, I was in that. It was a late showing. There was nobody in there and yeah. it was just had my fucking popcorn and just engulfed I, I, great experience. And I, I really did like that movie quite every day. I go on in the theater. <laughs> uh, the reclining theater, chair. So sounds like no, I think sick of popcorn. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a popcorn. I'll give Listen, it only 355 more of these motherfuckers. You got this. Now, right? 11 down. <laughs> oh, because you saw something today. I did. I saw The Lost Daughter today on... Uh... Oh, I can't wait for the reveal. Let's not spoil it here. Oh, they were already heard it. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're oh. traveling through time. We're quantum weight. You always struggle with that. Yeah. I feel like it's happening right now. It's live. Yeah, yeah, thinking... <laughs> well, I do a live show. Well, that's, well, that's another great example. It's like an Oscar movie that is so Oscar movie in 2022. Like, mm. like really pretentious character study like long drawn out drama definitely like boring like at times yeah it, it sometimes like has like that no bad land feeling of like kind of pointlessness right and it's like oh, all right like it was it was kind of like it's heading to somewhere and then it doesn't really go anywhere you just kind of like left like all right like oh. um and i feel like that's like become the new thing like that's the new like oscar bait for a long time oscar bait was like the merchant ivory films mm-hmm. and now it's become like these people on these like soul searching discoveries that are just kind of like boring yeah but I feel like in this 2019, though, like the movies you rattle off, they're like, those are not that case. These are like just really entertaining stories. Yes. And I feel like Nightmare Alley is not that same level of but talent. It's, but it's but fun this, to watch. More that same family, right. I guess, because it's just entertaining. Yes. Like, it's not like this like drawn out. Movies have to be entertaining. I think they should be. I mean, I, I'm all for like the right character, whatever, like whatever have you. And like, but, like, I just think like there's a lot to be said for like, I don't know, something just being a good story. Yes. Um, and this has a great story. Tarantino is so great and so gifted. And um, I, don't, I don't, I said, I don't have anything negative to say. Pacino is good in this. Um, I love that scene. Like I said, I love when he, like what guy pulls out a chair for another guy? Like I mean, that's crazy. Part was written for him specifically. He's great. Um, I'm so glad that Pacino and Tarantino got to work together. I like this Pacino better than the Pacino that's in um irishman because i i don't like that character a yeah. ton i think it's like too over the top for me right i feel like this is a little over the top it's kind of like it's not too much it works better in a tarantino film though you do expect some of those characters you do expect a little bit zanier character in but he's there. good in house of gucci 
That's something we would recommend. I haven't too. seen it yet. Yeah, that's that's a that's a fun. Okay, I'll watch it. Funner movie. You said it's all. Uh, it takes you get like twenty years in two hours or something, yeah, though, right? So that. it's kind of a tough. I know. But uh, but but it is fun. It is fun. You have a good time. It's I like all, fun. Yeah, if you don't mind, yeah, it's definitely like yeah. I'm sure I'll get it on streaming time sometime. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting, but like that's a that's a, a better Pacino too, right? Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't have any negative to say. I guess I, I guess it's hard. I guess I thought I thought I'd talk for hours about this, but I mean we can go through each scene. But I don't. I'm just gonna say I love this. I love that. I love this. I love that. Like yeah. that's. I was just so happy that the movie held up from my love point. Of view. I was a little nervous watching it. Honestly, I'm like, oh, here we go. Am I misremembering this? Was I just in a really good mood that day? Well, like, I was gonna say, do you think it's comp- now you're comparing it to all the crappy movies that you have to see right now? No, I don't know. You don't think so? No, actually, I will say crap, crappy movies. I've been pretty lucky. I've seen a lot of like mm. good movies. Yeah. I haven't seen anything great, but I've seen a lot of good movies. Um, it definitely makes me long. I thought about this a lot watching it or thought about this afterwards, like that 2019 list. Yeah. I'm like, that year was so stacked. And I, I'm lucky enough where I'm like, oh, I am aware that it's so stacked because the last two years before that, three years before that were kind of shitty. Right. 2015 was a really good year too. But like, you know, 2016 was like, eh, and then the rest is like the last two were like. 2015 oh. was, we, we just did that, right? That was uh, the uh, Mad Max uh, year, wasn't it? Maybe. You might be right. I forget now. Yeah. Uh, I remember that year having a lot of good movies though. Um, that, I think that year had room in it. That's and right. A few other good ones. Yep. That was Spotlight was in that year, I think. Yep. Um, had, had a few good movies uh, for sure. And then this year, and then 2016 was eh, and then 2017, 18 were horrible. And then this year was like, there was so many. I remember going to movies that I went and saw all the Best Picture nominees, and they were I'm like, oh, another good one, another yeah, good one. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, this is wild. And then since then, I mean, and on top of it, you have kind of COVID. I mean, I definitely, I'm sure all Americans, or all Americans, everyone all over the world probably looks back at 2019. It's like, those were good days. We didn't know how good we had it. We didn't, we didn't probably didn't appreciate it enough how good things were before COVID stuff. No. This is a tough, it's kind of tough to think about and go back to. It's just like, oh man, like, I don't know. 2019, 2019 was a really good year personally for me. And then 2019 was just a really good year for like the country and like the economy was, was banging and, you know, we didn't, I don't know. I mean, definitely there were, were like, you know, annoying stuff going on. Like you always find, but even doing the headlines for this show, I'm like, oh, it's a pretty tame headlines. Mm. Like, yeah. And, and now it's just, you know, things suck. I agree. <laughs> I mean, it's been rough. Not good. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. I'm sure a lot. I'm sure everyone looks back at 2019. Just, and like, oh, before we knew. I know, especially this time too. Cause like in the winter, you started to hear the whispers like, like December. I remember thinking like, Ooh, cause I got married in January. I remember thinking November, December. I'm like, you started reading stuff, international papers and stuff. Of Maybe 2020. December. Of tw- no, 2019. 20, December, 2019. Right. And you're like, yep. this could, this isn't sound good. This isn't good. Right. And, um, you know, what is, you know, you kind of just heard murmurings December. I guess you kind of heard like these weird murmurings of stuff. Uh, and the reason it just caught my eyes cause I was getting married at the end of January. I'm like, That's oh, right. this is weird. And then it just kept you know, it didn't obviously ramp up until March. Say, yep. um, I was away in Brazil in February, came back and then shut down. Everything was shut down. And it was just, that was it three months basically and done. Right. But even in December and January, we still had kind of this, like the, the cloud was starting to be created. Yes. But in August or July, when this movie came out or August, the week we're in now, before there's no cloud. No, and it was just like, Oh, it's just beautiful summer day. And you're kind of like, you know, the 20s are going to be awesome. I remember thinking like, oh, the 20s are going to be great. <laughs> and it's like, no. Oh. This is fucking, have this pandemic is never going to go away. Sorry, buddy. Never going to go away. Yeah. I think it goes away here very shortly. But, I mean, we'll, by, we'll by the midterms? Little... <laughs> yeah. yeah. When, when no, I mean, it's already the the shift, the narrative shift is so palpable now. Um, the way that people are describing it, the way that, that uh, traditionally like liberal news sources are, are talking about it now, it's different. 
Um, even what you're hearing from the White House is different than it was two months, even two weeks ago. I, th- I think it's shifted. We're gonna I think hear, people are just going to. We're going to hear about this. This is never going to go away. You though. think so? I just think like. What, people like, get tired of I this know, shit. But we, it's, it's like. like it's like um it's here's a maybe a good example is like at some point you get over the cold war and you move on you know what i mean yeah i guess but like i don't know when when like when will we be able to live in a time where we go a week without hearing the words or think about covid like, I, I don't think ever i think the rest of my life i'll think about it at least once a week no i don't think so i think it, it fades in the background of the, of the cold we all get colds every year and then that's what that's just what it is I don't know. We'll see though so hopefully tired of it. i just don't want, i just, i mean, I don't I mean everybody is and everybody you can even hear like the exhaustion from like you said, mentions like more liberal people or whatever. Like you hear people I, I wouldn't expect to be exhausted by it. Sorry to crack. Absolutely. Like I saw Chris Hayes on MSNBC. Yeah, kind of being yeah, like, yeah. Uh, I'm good. And even like, you know, I'll listen to like Bill Simmons and Cousin Sally do a podcast on football gambling I like a lot. And they were just like, like their kids' games are getting canceled and stuff. And I kind of like, you know, they're, you know, I like, they'll look at it from like more of like a real life perspective. Right. And they just like, like, I don't know. I don't know how much more we can do this. And like, no. and the mask rules are arbitrary. I know people don't want to hear this being on this show, but. No, it's I, fine to talk about a comparison between what it was and what it is now. I mean, it's, it's just like we're here. This is what happens. This is happening. You know, and like Bill, Bill Simmons talking about like being on the plane, and just like like some people wearing, you know, you wear a mask when you eat. I think about it at a theater. Like I'm at theaters now. I'm, I'm pulling masks down to drink my soda. I put the mask back. Like, what are we doing here? Like, I mean, what it's are we just doing? Like, here? I mean, yeah. come on. Like, well, I think as more inf- actual like verified information comes out, and we start to see what we're actually dealing with, and that, it's you know, also what it seems is like. The season is, isn't as, the Omicron particularly isn't as powerful. I mean, People hopefully the strains okay. keep getting weaker. Exactly. And then Which is what happens. Maybe, maybe it dies out and goes away that way. Right. Like, you know, right, each right, strain right. gets, I don't yeah. know. I'm just so fucking tired. Of I, it. Know I know you everyone are. is. Everyone is exhausted by it. I don't know. But yeah, just thinking about 2019 was definitely like bittersweet in a way. Like, oh, wow, that was, that was a very different time. I mean, maybe people felt this way, like, I want people to be like, oh, like before the stock market collapsed in the 20s. Like, what was life like before the depression? Or even like uh, 80s, the, the uh, what was that? One was Friday, one was Monday, but the huge crash in the 80s. Yeah, that too. was different. Though. Like, the Great Recession, the recession, that was different. Like, the Great Depression, like, people like, I mean, people like fucking like, things got really bad. They did get bad. Like, you know, like for a while, for a couple, for a few years, like, things were really shitty. Yeah. And so you wonder if people think back to like, oh, remember 1928 when things weren't shitty? Yeah. I wonder if that, I don't know. I don't know. But, or like people think about it, um, like, oh, remember before we went to Pearl Harbor? Right. Or before 9-11. Yeah. Yeah. Like, imagine we were 40 when 9-11 would happen. We might feel the same way. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of <sighs> generations have shit. All right. Well, let's talk about Billie Eilish. I'm that bad type, make your mama sad type, make your girlfriend mad type, might seduce your dad type. I'm the bad guy. Duh. Bad guy, Billie Eilish. Um, so the cool thing about Billie Eilish, she's like 16 years old, 17 years old when she's when she's recording this. And she did get a lot of help from her brother, Phineas, who is uh, an accomplished musician of his own. Um, had some charting singles before this was on Glee, was on uh, Modern Family. Um, he's a few years older, so he's maybe 22 here or 21 here. And, but I do think it's a special situation where both siblings are quite talented and that's tough to work with your sibling, but they combine their efforts to really make some good art. I have some problems with, uh, not some problems, I have some like criticism of Billie Eilish, but in general, I can't help but say that I think she's really innovative, um, that their production quality is very high, particularly like 
this is something that you could accomplish with $25,000 worth of equipment, $30,000 worth of equipment. And it sounds as good as anything else that's being recorded right now um, with interesting, innovative songs. Uh, and they're both so young. So it's hard for me to, I wouldn't say that I don't love Billie Eilish. I don't love listening to her music, but I do respect what the fuck she does. You like the song? I love this song, actually. I think she's great. Um, so I don't love all of her stuff. Um, what's the song about the crown? Like yeah, that's four? a great song. Uh, great song. Yeah. Um, um, here, it's, it's this one. You should sing me in a crown. It's a cool song. It's a great song. Boom, 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 boom. So like, I, this song and um, the one we're covering today and, and this one were songs I listened to like regularly in 2019. Like, it's a cool song. I, I was like, I, I, I think, I, do I like... She drops an album. Do I listen to it that day? No, no. Um, but will I listen to it like in like a month or so? I follows it. Yeah, like I, I think she's great. I think like I'm, I think she's a great thing for music. That someone that young, that talented, that creative is like doing some really weird, interesting stuff. Yes. Um, and I, I, I we need more Billie Eilish's <clears throat> to create more interesting music. And and like even the videos are fun. And I love how her songs are fucking spooky and like feel really eerie and like nothing feels like quite safe. You but also, also, tongue in, also tongue in cheek too. Yeah. Like she's got a little humor there. Even the way she opens the album is like a little, she's making fun of herself for like her, her uh, mouthpiece. Yeah, there or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. It's spooky. Um, but yeah, she doesn't take herself too seriously. Like even if you see her perform in concert, you can, you can tell too. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I think she, I think she's great. I think she, I, I if I was younger, I, I think I'd be, you know, a huge Billie Eilish fan. I mean, some of this stuff is just a little, it's probably too young for me, just from the lyric point of view. It's yes. nothing, nothing she's doing wrong. No, 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 older. She's 18. Yeah. Now, or I mean, 20 now, but, but yes. like, even having said that though, like, the fact that, I don't know if she can make music that she can make, she's so talented. She makes music that a lot of teenagers love with, with very good reason. Yes. But there's a few tracks on this song that I was like blaring, you know, driving around in 2019. Like, so I was like 40 years old then. So like, that's pretty good. Like that someone can pull that off. What I really love is that she'll infuse different styles together. Like this song. Um, if you like, here's the intro to, uh, to bad guy. Here's the intro. This feel and chord progression is very similar to, um, this. It's very rhythmically similar, and even her vocals, she sings very similar to that line, and also the blend of that and very similar to this too. Her, she, the cool thing about her, she'll blend, um, yeah, she'll blend ZZ Top, she'll blend Personal Jesus, she'll do dub, she'll do uh, some rap stuff. Just like all these different styles that she'll she'll like put together into these songs are so intricate and detailed. That's my favorite thing about her. She just she doesn't, she doesn't really give a shit about genre. She'll put it together. She doesn't sound like a pop star. Well, I mean, her whole thing is like she wears baggy clothes so people won't like talk about her body or everything she's doing is very anti being a star or being a pop icon. So I think that's pretty interesting and pretty impressive that she is still able to become a pop icon yes despite every single she's doing is like a reverse of that and even in the music is not what you typically hear actually i think she has a very unique i understand what she, like you said she's blending genres yeah, she yeah, has yeah. a really unique sound especially yes. compared to stuff being made today agreed and then on top of it like i said she kind of eschews all I don't know, typical trappings of fame she does and you know you know she must have so many people constantly telling her oh you need to you know look this way right 
your photo shoot needs to be like this. Wear these clothes. Right. This designer will pay you this to wear that. Yes. You know she's getting inundated with this shit, and she's like, shut the fuck up and leave me alone. Whoever like her people are that her are probably really close to her. And probably, hopefully her brother hopefully and her, her parents. And it probably helps, really helps that her brother's that involved. Yes. Like to actually keep her, I don't know, away from some Shielded of that shit. from that. As much as they probably can. Like that's, especially in the social media, like that's pretty good. I feels like she's like that anyway, though. Like she just doesn't well, want. I imagine. She said that, I, she even said like, I don't want to be pigeonholed in the genre. I just want to create music. And she's a, she's a rare example of someone who can actually be, a, seems like 100% authentic herself. And still sell a lot of records. And I think now it's the point where, like, that's how she sells records. Yes. People really respect that. Because it's a breath of fresh air from all the other shit on the charts that are, that's just the same homogenous bullshit. But even for the past, even for the past 70 years, like, you know, the media has crafted pop icons. It has. Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, Doris Day. I mean, like, go all the way back. Uh, Even, you know, you know, go back to like Faye Ray and King Kong. Like, like the media crafts. They do. What we should perceive as especially for females, like these icons. Uh, and then for her to be like, yeah, I'm going to do it my way. And everyone else can go fuck themselves and actually stick to that. And then be, and then also appear genuine while doing that. That's actually really hard to pull off. And it if is. actually a teenager, I, I don't know, man, I, I, I would definitely, I, I, I really hope she's able to have a really like long, me too. Great career. And she does need to grow. There's some parts that, I'll talk about my critique in a second, but the, how I sort of equate her is she could be this generation's Bjork. Oh, I think, or beyond that, Bjork wasn't that successful. She was pretty. She was pretty successful in the nineties. Billy Eilish is already way more famous. Than I oh, oh maybe yes. Oh, you think like so? way more records sold than Bjork. Well, at least in terms yes, of her. Billy Eilish is huge. At least in terms of her skill set and cred. Bjork's never had number one hit. No, she hasn't. No, Billy Eilish sure. is a Billy Eilish is one of the, like the biggest things in music. Bjork was. I like a lot of Bjork stuff personally. Yep. Bjork was, Bjork was always like a weirdo. Like, yeah, she was a weirdo. Like, I mean, when I mean weirdo, I mean like super alternative. Yeah. Like Bjork wasn't on the, we were not Matt. Bjork wasn't on the pop. It was not on the pop station. You want to define pop again there, yeah. uh, big guy? Sure. <laughs> I'll define it as, as like top 40. Right. Uh, it wasn't on top 40. But Billie Eilish dominates. Yes. No, I agree. But I, hmm. so I guess I'm just saying authenticity, skill set, and popularity as a combined thing. So Bjork is not, Take right. popularity out of it maybe. But like if you're but looking, Bjork was still pretty popular. Not, no, 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 no. But she's probably still sold, I'm going to guess, more than 10 million copies of her albums. Under. You think it's under? Bjork? Unless it's some world, because, you know, the Iceland. I would, I would look at it. But isn't there like, there are like 30 people living in that country? Like, <laughs> yes, they the are. population's like the no, size of Rhode Island. Globally, she had, uh, she, had, she had more influence, definitely. But that's how I see her. I, I, and I think, Bjork, I said, there's a lot of Bjork songs that I actually really like, as much as she, a lot of it is total junk. But, I mean, she, but yeah, I give Bjork credit. She's at least trying stuff, doing some she is. really weird stuff. Yeah. When you do really weird stuff, you're going to make some shit. You are. But you're also going to make some, could make some great stuff. That's so right. Bjork's also like not a bad actress. No, that, she's that very. That movie's so depressing. Though, I know. Like, oh Dance with the Dark is a, that, oh. is a stab me in the fucking heart. It's just a fucking brutal, stab brutal me. Brutal watch. It's, it's um, a rough one. And it's not, it's a great, it's a very well done movie. It's oh, just, it's extremely well it's done. It's just. It hurts. Um, no, uh, Homogenic is a fantastic album. It's one. Of, it's a. It's a. It's an all-time album. Um, she. She was. She had a nice. Yeah. I, I think. But yeah, Billie Eilish was at these different stratosphere. Okay, fine. But Eilish, where she needs the problem that I have with her is she is disaffected the entire time. Like you have to emote sometime, and she never emotes. It's always whisper. It's always delicate. It's disaffected. It's not passionate. At some point, you're gonna have to be passionate. You're gonna have to like care about something you know what i mean yeah i mean i i don't disagree with you at all i would think that has more to do with being a teenager 
Yeah, she's yeah, she's twenty. And like, but like, yeah, you, she's a kid. Yeah, especially like when this came out, like she was yeah, younger, 18, you know. Yeah. So like, um, yeah, you'd like to think that would shift, but then again, like we ran into this like, with Liz Fair, right? I mean, don't get me wrong, Billy Eilish oh once God, again, different stratosphere right, Liz yeah. Fair, but like Liz Fair really never was able to emote. No, like just never could do it. But she didn't have the chops, like. Billie Eilish has a good voice. Yes. I can tell that she Eilish, can. Yes, right. She she can. Um, because the thing is, she evokes a great amount of motion just by um, her delivery, but also the production quality. So if you add that in there, where sometimes she's got some passion too, she'll she'll take that next step. She'll and be, Liz she'll Fair be was in the same scope as like Bjork. You know, like as far yeah. as like like oh, like you said she selling is records, she's selling records, yeah, whatever, not yeah. talent wise. She said. Mm. Uh, oh no! Yeah, I mean, Bjork so more, but I yeah. mean, if you're gonna compare, yeah, still like an, an indie darling. She's more on the Bjork side than Billie yes. Eilish. Oh, of course, side. I mean, yeah. Billie Eilish is like a sensation. So the fact that Billie Eilish now has like, such a, a superstar, it really is like the Madonna of this time. Yeah, I mean, it really is. I mean, I don't say talent. I can say uh, popularity wise, like just a, a dominant force in music. Yes. Um, like if Drake is Michael Jackson, then you know, I mean, probably I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm maybe Lady Gaga or something yeah, in there, in that yeah, conversation. Lady Gaga has had, had a major hit in a I long guess she has yeah. yeah. Billie Eilish is, yeah. I guess you're right. Um, but, uh, but so, the, you know, when you have, you know, it was fair. It was always kind of doing it on her own. Remember we told that story, how her record label kind of dissolved and she's kind of like left an eye. Like that's not going to happen to Billie Eilish. No. Billie Eilish is just way too important and way too, and also like much more talented. Like I totally agree with you, what you're saying. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, hopefully she can, Unlike Liz Fair, hopefully she can lose that disaffection. A number one song never gets away with this type of thing at the end, though. Bad guy. Duh. Is that not the outro? No, the it's fuck? not the outro. I know what oh, you're about. son of a that bitch. Drop. Did I grab it? Hold on. I do have it. Oh, it's right here. Just grab the one. Here it is. Like that. To do that at the end of your song. Like Wild. this is the last, I don't know, half minute of the song yeah, or it's something. Yeah, like 30 seconds. So, yeah. And it's super cool. That uh, 808 sound, it's a drum machine sound. The kit and the bass is an 808. They do sound such great vocal production too, where you've got her on, if you listen to this, this is a great album to listen to headphones because you can hear the care, the, the detail that they used. You've got her on both sides whispering. A lot of times when you hear her, you'll hear like a, her high voice, but it'll be really, really, really low in the mix. So it's just kind of there filling it out where you've got her present and talking to you on both sides of your head. So cool. They do, this is like such a great album to, um, for like to hear what digital production allows you to do. Like you'll hear sometimes where she'll sing a note and it's cut. It's like, ah, 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 and it's a lot of times it'll be cut with like the bass, the bass and her will be going like, ah, and it's these really cool fine cuts. Um, a lot of these, uh, the sounds, not just her voice, her voice too. And I think they're trying to mimic that, but all the instruments will move in pitch too. Like the bass won't just be like, bow, it'll, it'll fall off. It'll be like, bow. A lot of the instruments will have a lot of moving and pitch around her. And that's very atypical for music. A lot of the voice can, cause you'll hear inflection. Like someone will sort of glisten to like, uh, like into their note. I don't hear that a lot of times with the instruments doing that with you. Um, pretty cool, pretty cool effects that they got going on. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely unique and. Uh... But that end section, that outro, it's out of time. Like she's, <laughs> and she'll, oh, so she'll like in the song, she'll stop and say something. It's not in rhythm anymore. This isn't like a dance hall hit where you can like keep dancing right. while she's talking. No, right. She like sings something out of time and then busts back into it, and then the end is like, 
it's a different time than what we were doing in the rest of the song. You never hear that anymore. It's almost like um, it's almost like uh, like the different sections in um, in Happiness is a Warm Gun or something. It's right, like it's yeah. kind of similar to that. Where but but fucking hit number one. And I, we were saying before how some of the, the Drake stuff or some of the more modern stuff is like kids are doing other stuff while they're listening to it, like playing video games, or what yes. have you. But with this, the song is so jarring that you kind of can't do that. You have to listen to it. It kind of forces you to kind of yeah, drops out, comes back in, weird effects. So it's almost like the anti, you know, modern song in a lot of ways. And she does a lot of stuff that typical artists aren't doing. So no. yeah, she's great. She's great. So uh, yeah, recommend it. I hope... Uh, I hope she has a long career because she'll if if she keeps she keeps it up she could just she could get better and that's uh, that would be that would be fun to see. Get that Chrono. Chrono's so modern. You're so modern. What a cool guy. You're such a modern like, guy. Like Billie Eilish. Uh, <laughs> August seventh, August eleventh through seventeenth, twenty nineteen. That's where we're in. Yeah. Uh, so the day before this week began, this kind of dominated headlines the first few days. Jeffrey Epstein was found dead in a jail cell. Yeah, that's right. Did he kill himself? Was he killed? We don't know. We can only speculate, my friend. What do you think? I think he was killed. There's too much to... There's some weird stuff going on. The guards weren't there and stuff. Too many people had a lot to lose. But then again, that Ghislaine lady's still alive, so who knows? Yeah, I I don't know what's going to go on with that. Every day she's alive, that makes me think that he did kill himself. I don't know. Maybe she doesn't have as much, or maybe... I don't know. Maybe he had more. I don't know. Uh, August 13th. So this was a pretty big story this week. Uh, America, United States say that there will be a 10% tariff on items from China starting in December. This was in the middle of that whole tariff kind of war, if you will, a uh, trade war. Yes. So boring. Um, Actually, this is an interesting situation that happened. Well, it's not really interesting. It's no, it boring. is to me because I yes. just finished, I know uh, I finished laptop from hell and the Trump administration's posture towards China made a lot of people lose money. Wall yeah. Street. Well, they, they say it's like, it's like basically like the, the trade war was actually a disaster. Um, a lot of people lost a lot of money. Like it didn't, didn't work out for us, I guess. No, but I think actually, I think that the, there were a lot of like partnerships of us and Chinese partnerships that lost a lot of money. So if you were trying to fuck the Chinese over kind of did it. But I think it hurt us too, right? Though? It did. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's right. Yeah. Maybe, maybe just like well cut enough, them, cut us well enough alone. I don't know. That's a good book, tariffs. by the way. It's a crazy book. What is it called now? Laptop from Hell. It's the uh, the um, the Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden. No, book. I mean, that's a scary. well. You don't have to watch it, but it's it's uh, it's crazy. You're really, really in, all in on that world, huh? I mean, I it's know. a crazy book. What do you want uh, me to say? Tell us the book from Hell. Uh, <laughs> August fifteenth. Fucking partner from Hell. <laughs> Probably. Uh, Disney becomes the first studio to have. This might be the last time for a long time we say these words. Mm. First studio to have five. One billion dollar movies. No. In one year. And this is only August. Uh, in one year? Yeah. What? Uh, yes. What what were they? Toy Story 4. Yeah. Avengers Endgame. Yep. Captain Marvel. That was a billion? Yeah. That was a, such a shit movie. This is worldwide, not domestic. Oh, okay, okay. But still, still. Uh, Aladdin. The remake. Never saw it. Wasn't it? I mean, I recognize that it happened, but that many people the went. The Lion King remake. That's fucking. That blows my mind. That those. What? Yeah. Oh my god. So I don't think we'll like, say that anytime I wasn't, again soon. I'm sure Spider Man did cross a billion. Uh, obviously, it made six hundred million American, so it obviously crossed a yeah, billion. So, yeah. um, I guess if you make enough Marvel movies in one year, maybe you could 
catch that, but like, you know, look at like Encanto or like Sing, it's not Marvel, I know, but like they even pulled the Pixar one off. But like, look at Encanto, like that's not going to make a billion Does, worldwide. Disney have enough money to make five Marvel movies in a year? I, I probably wouldn't do that. You don't want to oversaturate yeah. either. No. Then again, um, but yeah, like I said, it might be, like, the, might be the last time we see that for a while. Like Aladdin and Lion King weren't even, I mean, I recognize that they happened, but I wasn't even slightly motivated to want to see either really one for of them. No, I know, but there are that many kids and families who want to see that fucking thing. It's easy. It's like it's like going, it's like going to Disney World. You're going to Applebee's. It is like a layup. You're like you know exactly what you're gonna get. You know, it'll entertain the kids. You know, it'll be like whatever. Like, and maybe, I think there's also a nostalgia element. Like with, you know, people a little bit younger than us in their 30s, they grew up watching. You know, we grew up in the 80s watching the Spielberg movies. They grew up in the 90s watching Disney cartoons. So whether it be like Beauty and the Beast, yeah, Little Mermaid, Aladdin, uh, Lion King. So like they're gonna go bring their kid and kind of have that experience with their kid again, and they're also so. like get the nostalgia kick. So anyone like 30, you know, five and under, it's like catnip for them. Ugh. It's a pretty big market share. I guess. Yeah. Well, clearly, clearly. It yeah. Was. Um, Ugh. I know Fuck that now, none of those movies interest me at all. And Toy Story 4, same thing. Same exact thing. You know, that came out what? 94, right? Dude. 95, uh, 95. I, I don't remember the year. You might be right, um, but it was definitely. Mid-90s. Yeah. And then so like, if you're, you know, if you're 35, you were a kid when that came out, I would consider seeing that movie. I like the first toy story. Yeah. But like, but like, you know, if you got a little kid, that's a, that's a no, that's something that in theory you could be entertained by because of the nostalgia element. And then you bring in your kid. Yeah, I guess. So like, oh yeah. So three of those movies are basically nostalgia flicks that you can bring your kids to. And then the other two are, the other two are Marvel or fucking Marvel. So, yeah. so I mean, that's, that's kind of where we are. Jesus Christ. Um, a billion. In fact, they might've had a sixth because that was star Wars, right? That didn't um, last, um, not last Jedi, but what's the one after that? Um, Rise of the Skywalkers or yeah. whatever it is. Uh, whatever Star Wars 9 is, didn't that come out that year? I think they had six movies make across a billion. Why they own Star Wars. Why you got five on your list then? That's bad fucking, all, that's, no, it's not, that's terrible good. headlines. Well, that was, all, that, no, that's what happened that day. Oh, the yeah. day. The, 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 yeah, the, I see, thought you said for the year. I, I know, it's confusing. <laughs> so in Quantum Week, what we do is we take a week in history, and this yes, week is yes, August. Yes. Thank you for explaining So this, that's man. the headlines actually dictate I got it. that. So, yeah. oh, it's confusing, well, I know. Well, did that movie... Time. I wonder if that, that might have come out like Christmas Day then. Yeah, yeah Star okay. Wars, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Right. Right, so maybe it wouldn't... I don't know if, it, I don't know if they're counting... I don't know. Um, you know, movies just released that year. Movies, They're probably counting movies that made a billion dollars in that one year, so Star Wars probably wouldn't qualify. But it just goes to show you the power that... That it had to, like, it's Disney. fucking insane. Jesus. I know. Disney Plus is not very good, though, by the way. No? Because they're, they're, they're not making a lot of new content. It's all their old shit. And so if you don't care about well, that, who cares? Put a, they put a major, major, major movie. Was it Encanto? No. Which, which, well, Encanto's on Disney Plus, but uh, Turning Red. So I talked oh, yeah, a little bit about that's right. theater, but, like, right. you know, Pixar, which is a lot of controversy there, by the way. Right. Um, Pixar feels like. Disney sabotaging them. Yeah, but why would you keep, then just don't call them Pixar anymore. Just, just call it Disney from now on. Who cares? Why would you want to sabotage your own movie? I, I didn't buy that. I, I, I agree with you. I think it's a pretty big. That's a big, that's a, that's a big thing. Like, people want to make money. You want to fuck up. People lose their jobs for that type of stuff. For some sort of ego thing. Just don't call them Pixar anymore. Just call it fucking Disney. I know. I, I Who cares? Maybe they couldn't, maybe they have to. Maybe so is that, is that March when that comes out? I think it's April. April, April, okay. which is like really telling, or maybe the, it is March. Maybe you're right. No, but, it's, it is. I'm sure you're right. It is March. But it's hard though because Netflix is putting out content on a regular basis. It's not amazing content, but there is there are some gems in there, like made. Whereas whereas on Disney there is well, Disney a lot. plus might fight you and be like, well, we just put out the Beatles documentary. Yeah, one thing, but Netflix has got five that came out on Disney Plus. That's on Disney Plus now, I think. Yeah, I should. I don't. You said that you thought it was pretty good. It's actually pretty good. So maybe I'll watch that with the wife. 
Um, but yeah, but I mean, but like, in general, it's all old stuff. And even uh, as I did watch the first episode of the uh, book of, um, oh, what's the new Star Wars one? The book of fucking Joba. Uh, no, no, Boba Fett. Uh, you know, like, yeah, I did it think, was like, it was a little kidsy. It was a little, people, people were all in on Mandalorian. Gritty. I don't feel like I'm not getting that same no. buzz from this movie. Mandalorian, this right at least for the first episode, I'm going to wait till all the episodes are out before mm. I go back and, and watch another episode. First episode, not impressed. Mandalorian far better. Yeah. Everyone's kind of saying that. Yeah. That's too bad. Um, so Disney plus not impressive. Wow. Well, I had it to get to watch the Mandalorian. I was like, well, there's nothing else here I'm interested on. So I got rid of it. But then uh, there was a couple things I needed to see. So I, I got it back again, but I might, I might drop it again. Cause wow. do you have it? No. Yeah. I mean, most of the stuff not, is not, not, really, not really for me. Not interesting. At least <laughs> well, anything on there. I don't actually want to see there are, even to get back. They I'm kind of lukewarm on. Well, I said it's like watching a band practice. Yeah, I mean, I mean yeah. Yeah, it's not a lot. It's I not, like a good story. So, you know, that might, you know, I, but other than like, that's not, and nothing else. Like, I don't like Marvel. I don't like cartoons. Yeah. I don't, I don't, yeah. None of that stuff is interesting to me at all. No. So. I did try the, um, the, uh, I did try some of the other like Marvel shows and they weren't, they, they didn't, they weren't good. Yeah. Didn't, I, I dropped after a couple episodes of some of them. I was like, nah. HBO Max is probably more my speed. Very and much e- better. And even then, like, as much as like, it's not, great content a lot of the times but like i like batman so like it's gonna have all the dc stuff yes, there that's right as opposed to like you know if disney had the dc stuff if i had a kid oh yeah maybe i would probably rather rather not but yeah i certainly would have like them watch like the batman like the animated series and stuff like that and i think that's oh, yeah. all on hbo max so like batman beyond did you ever watch that no not that or what's the that was a newer one with the, newer with the one. younger like batman futuristic i thought it was a cool one eh, i'm not really into future stuff you like the past stuff, yeah. You like to you like to look back. No, it doesn't need to be past. Back. I'm more in the present. I was looking back. You're always like, oh, the future is hope. Get back. Yeah, That's why it would be good for you to watch that. The future is fucking great. No, you love it. Fucking a lot of hope in the future. It's fucking. You should get back. It's been awesome. It's been awesome the last couple of years, man. That's really been the past too, by the way. I'm looking forward. Beyond. I bet. I bet if I if we did this show in 2019, you such you such a fucking dope. You would, have, you would have been like, you would have been like, oh boy, these are really the future <laughs> is so great. Up. It's gonna be so wonderful. So look at actually, up. I kind of said that too. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be awesome. It ended up being shit. Martial law, fuck this shit. Oh, Christ. Uh, I love a happy Chris. <laughs> See these movies every day is burning me out. I'm only two weeks in too. I'm already burnt don't out. Fucking blame you. You're the worst. Uh, all right, I guess I guess we're good. Yeah, so great movie, good song. Good song, great movie, all-time movie, really. I mean, if it's, it's in your top 20, did you all-time say? All-time movie, yeah. I mean, yep. can't get much better than that. Boogie Nights drops to 21. Bumped it off. How about that, right? Yeah, I mean, all-time movie, just fantastic. Um, really cements Tarantino. Tarantino for, like, not that it wasn't already cemented, but even more. No, but more, three so like, all-time movies? I was, nervous, I was nervous rewatching. I'm like, yeah. I just, I'm like, am I, did I, said, did I remember? But it ended up being... It just moves so quick. Every every, sing, every single scene was great. It's entertaining. I'm like, I can't believe we're here already. I said that a couple of times yes. like with the scenes. Like, oh, I can't believe we're having the scene with um, him and um, uh, the Jodie Foster character. Right. Like, or, that early. I'm like, oh, shit, we're already here? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. So great. Can't recommend enough. If you haven't seen it, I'm sure you've seen sure it, you've but seen if you haven't, it. then just go see it. Yeah. See it again. See it again. I, that's, one, that's my recommendation is go see it again. Yes. It does hold up. Anything else? Best soundtrack ever, too. Very good soundtrack. I don't know about the best, but it's good. Yeah. I have a hard time. You say a best, best a lot. I knew you say best a lot. This, this I listen to constantly. As I said, there's no soundtrack I've listened it's to good one. more in the very last good 15 one. years. Very good one. Very appropriate, too. And Incredible. I do like it. Yeah. You say the, you say the worst. I mean, the worst. Like, like you, I'm yeah, looking you at the are worst. the worst. Because I'm looking at the worst. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh. Uh, but no, but you say the worst all the time. I mean, the worst. Uh, the, the, what was it? The uh, Wallflowers is the worst. Jack Johnson's the worst. I mean, the worst. 
Basically, your taste is the worst. Bobby Farron's the worst. He's the best. He's he so good. He's so fucking awesome. He's going to grow on you. You're going to mature into, a, in, into an adult, and you're going to start loving Bobby McFerrin. He's going to speak to you. National treasure. <laughs> <laughs> no one's better with their instruments. Can you name one? <laughs> ah, the answer's no. But we're back tomorrow with uh, good Boys, bad boys, good boys, good boy, uh, bad good, boys, bad boys. No, good boys, good, good boys. Yeah, good, good times. Boys. Intro. Have you seen that? Good Robert, times. Robert Pattinson. Uh, no, not good times. <laughs> Seventy seconds. It's called Good Time. Uh, yes, uh, and it's he's the same director as do as did Uncut Gems. Yes, Happy Brothers. Um, I don't know that I love their movies, but they're certainly interesting and crazy and creative. They're like. I think Uncut Gems is brilliant. It's a really good. That movie. came out the same year, twenty nineteen. Oh, Jesus. we didn't talk about that. That's that's a crit. Well. I know, no, that's what I'm saying. Yes. Like, and how Sandler, crazy is that? Sandler, that, that, that is a tragedy that Sandler does not get a fucking, no, he would never, which is that's ridiculous. How good that year is. But I love him. I love his quiet. I love it. He's awesome in Punch Drunk Love, and he's awesome in that movie. So good. He is a, he is a very good actor. Think about how good that year was. That didn't even get nominated it is for a a picture. Crazy. And I get, like, it should have been, but it's not. No, because the other movies are great. Yeah, like the weakest movies are Good Women, which is a good movie, and uh, Ford vs. Ferrari, which is a good movie. It is. It's like, not like, you know. There's no. no. Like that is, Uncut Gems is better than anything. That, I told you, know, you Pattinson is a stink on him for, for me, but uh, uh, High Life is also a very good movie. He is very good in it. Um, but no, but that's it. I think the Safety Brothers movies are like anxiety attacks. They are. They're tough. They're tough. <laughs> but I mean, they're, they're wild, really well like, done. They're, they're so intense and like. Yes. Especially Uncut Gems is like, oh my god! I was, I was literally at the edge of my seat the I entire know. time. And, I know. And Good Times is over like that too. It is. Good Times, the show, not, <laughs> not as intense. Not as intense. I like that. Um, but right. uh, uh, right, good, good Boys is the show. Good Boys is, the, watching, is yeah. the movie tomorrow, which I haven't seen, so that'll be fun to watch. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess we'll catch you then. All right, see you.